listeners. This is Alicia from Call for Combat Reform. And before I really get into the, the discussion today, I just wanted to thank all of you who are listening. Um, this is not scripted. <laughs> this is supposed to be very conversational. I, you know, I'm definitely not a professional podcaster or um, speaker. So, I mean, this is just me speaking to you conversationally and uh i i hope you're enjoying it that it's a comfortable way of um going about some of these issues and uh i just thank you for those who have been writing in and uh for your support and for listening in um and reading the blog as well so that makes a big difference so thank you so much um i kind of wanted to just take some time today. I I had already wrote about why we started um, Call for Convert Reform, Um, but I thought I would just go along with a podcast to kind of delve a little more deeper into it. Um, So um, the reason I started Call for Convent Reform, and I like to say we because this isn't just me. Um, I, I know, I mean, I'm, I created the blog, but it's not my blog. It's not just for me. Um, if it was, there would be no need for me to have the blog <laughs> or to be doing this work because I, we are doing this work for anyone who has been in the convent and who has been abused in any form and, um, you know, need to get their story out, need, need support, need help, um, for discerners. And ultimately the ultimate goal of all of this is to somehow enable some reform in religious life, um, because it is so needed. Um, and I'll go a little bit more into that later, but so when I, when I left the convent, um, I, I was still under the impression that, you know, oh, it's the poor sisters, like the Catholic media isn't, it only focuses on so many communities and, um, you know, if, you know, people, parishes were more um, willing to have sisters, you know, we wouldn't have all these vocation problems. And um, so I thought that for a while. And I, at first, when I first left the convent, I really wanted to help with the vocation crisis, because that's kind of where my thoughts were. And I've mentioned before, what I have gone gone through leaving the convent. I, I fell into a very deep depression. And so in coming out of that environment initially, it, it was almost like I was still a sister. I was still kind of brainwashed, if you will, um, thinking like they thought, you know, it took me a while to think more independently and to look from the outside in on what was going on. And when I started doing that, I started thinking, you know, I don't think all this was my fault and I don't think everything that happened was right. And so I, I 
would go on to different sites um, that had other former religious and kind of say, you know, either either read other people's stories who were former religious or kind of say, this is this is my story. This is what happened to me. And I was finding this pattern of all these women who had entered religious life and had been um, abused in some way. And, and the sad thing was, is that many of these stories were very, very similar. And the more I looked into this, the more I took time to really reflect on it, the more I realized that something was really wrong in a lot of these convents. And, you know, especially considering that, you know, all these women that I heard that I have heard their stories. Um, so, some women can get on their feet pretty quickly. Some for some of them, it takes them years, years to get you know their life back in order. Um, it it just depends, but you know, these women give up everything, and when you just kick them out of the convent and don't have any real transition that is um, healthy, then it, it, it causes a lot of issues. Um, so I, I, I kept feeling pulled to do something and I didn't know how to go about it. And so it took me about a year and I, I was praying um, and just kind of playing around with different ideas and, um, you know, I, I kind of, you know, leave it, the idea for a while, leave the thought for a while and come back to it. And, you know, at first I thought, okay, well, maybe I can reach out to this organization or this organization. And the more I thought about it, the more it dawned on me that <laughs> no one was really going to wholeheartedly um, t take this on themselves. Okay. Because there's already so much abuse that's going on. Um, some Catholic media sources don't want to touch it. Um, even the stuff that is going on that's very public. Some Catholic media sources are very on top of the abuse that's going on, but it's mostly about the hierarchy, about the priesthood. So I just didn't see anywhere that was already established that really had a place for this type of, of um, ministry, if you will. So um, I, I, I started thinking, okay, well, it has to be its own thing. And so I was like, well, how in the world am I going to do that? How, you know, and um, I'm not a blogger. I've, I've never blogged or anything, but the the idea of a blog started coming. And I, the more I looked into that, I was like, okay, maybe this will work, you know, because, I, you know, I, you know, I control it. Um, no one else is, is uh, messing around with it. You know, um, uh, I can protect people's identity. Um, so I, I, I went with that approach and, um, the other thing about it too, is that, 
whenever I would do any type of research on former religious who were abused that were calling out what had happened to them, um, I always came up with either usually people that were like nuns that were very liberal, that had a chip on their shoulder about the church in general. They're, you know, the kind of ladies that are all into, you know, women priests and, uh, you know, all, all that jazz. Right. Um, and then, so there was that, or there were people that left the church and who were just outright critics of the church, um, who were former religious. So there was no one really that I could find, um, that was really speaking about this openly, um, and not trying to kind of whitewash it because, um, sometimes people will talk about it, but they'll kind of whitewash it. They won't actually go to the heart of the abuse. <laughs> um, and so I couldn't find somewhere like that, that was also, so, uh, Catholic and not, not ag against the Catholic church that had people in it that were still within the realms of the church and still faithful to the church, you know, um, not to say that you can't be on this blog and, um, have been an ex-religious and are struggling with the faith. That's not what I'm saying, but, um, we're, we're not saying that, you know, you know, the Catholic church isn't the church that Christ made or uh, Christ founded, right? Like we're not saying stuff like that. We're not saying, you know, women, should be priests or any, any of that crazy stuff. I'm still a Catholic. I still follow the magisterium. I'm, I'm a convert myself. So I, I knew what I was getting into when I came into the church. Um, I probably sadly have more catechesis than a lot of people who have gone through, uh, K through 12 Catholic schooling, um, at least on average in the United States. So, I mean, I know my faith. I know what my faith says. I, and I'm Catholic, you know, I, I live out my Catholic faith. I'm not a perfect Catholic by, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to live and practice out my faith. And most of the people who are supporters of, uh, of, of this work are, are the same, you know? So, um, so I think it's really important. I, there are a lot of people who have been contacting me recently and have been saying, you know, thank you so much for the blog. Thank you so much for the podcast. Uh, um, I, I, you know, I, I came upon it recently and I've been listening to it and, and they tell me their stories and I'm, I'm not going to reveal any of them to you because that's not my, um, I'm not privy to that, um, unless they ask, you know, they give me permission, but it's, it, it, I, I just got an email the other day and I'm reading through this email, what this, what this poor woman went through. I just started crying, <laughs> you know, it was just so, it was just so sad and so sick. And, you know, this is the type of stuff that's going on. Um, just, just psychological views, just, I mean, making life 
sad to say, hell for the people that have entered religious life. You know, it's it's like high school bullying. Um, I called a good friend yesterday who's helping me with some of the ministry stuff. And we, we started talking for two hours and we're telling each other stuff. And, and we're like, man, did, did your novice mistress do that to you too? Like, I mean, it's almost like we kind of joke like there's a, a, a book or something that they go by because you see this over and over again in different communities that don't have any communication with each other whatsoever. So I think it's important to get these stories out. I always encourage people if if they feel comfortable. I know you have to get in your right space and in in your right mind, but if you feel comfortable coming forward with your story and you want to write it up and send it to me, I will put it on the blog as long as it's not, you know, vile or um really just ripping the church apart or something like that. Um but I I will put your story on the blog. Um, that is never a problem. And it can be anonymous. Um, I always make that an, uh, make that very clear. You don't have to have your name in it whatsoever. And I've had other women that have told me their stories, have sent in their stories, and have been anonymous. And, you know, I didn't write it. <laughs> other women sent it in. So you can always do that. But, um, a lot of these women also feel alone. They, you know, a lot of ex-nuns, former religious, however you want to put it, they they just feel like you know, there's not a very large demographic of those who have gone through this. And so you try to explain it to other people. Some people might just kind of write you off like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Or... They just don't understand. Or you don't want to give the church a bad name. You know, my parents are not Catholic. And I haven't told them everything that's happened. Because, I mean, if I did, they'd be looking at me like, why are you still in the Catholic church? Um, but it's not because of the sisters. You know, what? You know, the sisters have nothing on me. Um, I'm not, you know... <sighs> It, it, it's tragic, but you know, it is, it is a scandal, right? And, um, it's hard to talk about, you know, um, if you're not in a very supportive environment, uh, a lot of these women also feel confused, abandoned. They feel abandoned by the church, you know, um, <laughs> I mean, I've heard all kinds of stories. Sometimes people leave the convent and they go back home to their home parish and people are like, why are you here? Like, what did you do to fail the convent life? <laughs> like, you know, and these poor women are going through all kinds of stuff. Um, it, it's, it's always, it's always traumatic to leave the convent, even in the best of circumstances. Um, usually it's in the worst of circumstances and then it's even worse. But you're starting your whole life over again, right? It's like having a divorce plus like be becoming bankrupt <laughs> and being uh, reunited with your estranged family for the first time. Um, it's just a re really odd experience that only those who have gone through it understand and really know. Um, <laughs> 
Um, I also, one of the things we really want to do with this blog is call out the abuse for what it is. Okay. We're not, again, we're not whitewashing what's happening. And a lot of, I wouldn't say a lot, but sometimes when people talk about the abuse, especially in, in, um, Catholic circles or in, in Catholic media, they might kind of beat around the bush in regards to, you know, women having, you know, uh, like a really hard time after coming out of the convent, but they, they won't go into, you know, what, what's going on with them at a deeper level and what has happened to them. That makes this so difficult, you know? Um, I mean, it's just, it's, it's something that I I think has been going on for a very long time. And I think people talk about it, but they talk about it in these hushed tones, right? They talk about it and, you know, in little conversations you have with your family or, um, you know, they, they don't talk about it openly. They don't want to make the sisters look bad or make the church look bad. And you know what? I'm not here to make the sisters look bad. Okay. I'm not here to say every sister that's, that is alive is a terrible person. I'm not here for that. Okay. I, I, I have no right to judge people. What I can judge is those who have been in these situations and have been mistreated because that's just wrong. You know, um, and, you know, <laughs> we, we've talked a, a lot about, about the abuse already. If, if you want to know about the abuse that goes on and read the blog, read some of the podcasts. I mean, it, it, it's usually psychological. It can be sexual. It can be physical. In some, in some convents, it's all three, unfortunately. Um, so, I mean, I'm a big believer that nothing is going to change. Nothing is going to heal until we call the abuse for what it is. It's like going to the doctor and you have like, I don't know, like a a gunshot wound or something, you know, under your shirt and you won't tell the doctor what's really wrong. You're like, oh, my stomach hurts. Um, you know, like I'm having these stomach aches, but you won't actually tell what the doctor what's going on. You know, we don't do that with medical care. We can't do it with the church either because we're the body of Christ. And when there's a problem, we have to face the problem for what it is instead of beating around the bush or, you know, hinting at things, but not going there totally. That's not helping anything. Um, and I, I'm I'm convinced that there is a reform that needs to happen if religious life is going to survive. I think religious life will always survive in some sense, but I think you know we see a lot of these communities dying out, and honestly, <laughs> maybe some of them do need to die out. There needs to be a renewal and a cleansing, you know. Um, but that's why we're here. That's why we do this work. And, um, you know, if you're listening and you need someone to reach out to, 
you can always contact me, Convert Reform, um, Convert Reform at protonmail.com, or you can go to the, the blog. There is a contact form there at the at the very bottom of the homepage of the blog. You can always reach out. Okay, you don't have to be alone. And um, um, while I'm with you, and while I'm mentioning that, um, I'd like to announce that we are, um, or at least um, I, I, I don't know <laughs> uh, how to phrase that correctly. Um, I have been working uh, with the great people over at uh, Maria Gretti Network in the last few months. Um, Mr. Miguel Pratt's, uh, uh, Father Gavin, um, who are just wonderful people. And we are starting a new chapter just for those who are former religious and former seminarians. Um, if you are not a former religious or former seminarian, um, that includes current religious, current priests, you can go on there um, and talk to them. But this particular group, it's called Omi Yezu, this in Latin, Omi Yezu, um, is only for former religious and former seminarians. And it will be starting on March 18th um, at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you are interested in joining us um, or learning more about Marit, Maria Goretti Network, um, you can you can contact us, uh, me and and my co-leader, um, at O. I'll just spell it out. O O M I. Let me start that again because I did a lot of O's. O M I J E S U at gmail.com. Omiezu at gmail.com. Um, and we'll get back with you and give you more information about that. Um, Maria Gretti Network, Google them. They're, they're great. A lot, a lot of people don't know about them, but um, they do great work in helping people to who have been abused um, in some way, um, who are trying to heal from that, to um, be supported by others. Um, just in their own uh, others' uh, experiences and what they're struggling with and, and reaching out. And uh, um, it's very prayerful and it, it's really based in forgiveness and, and forgiving those who have hurt you, um, which is which is what, you know, is, is really the way to go if you're a Christian and, and trying to heal from a deep wound that someone else has caused on you. So um, if you haven't heard of them before, Maria Gretti Network, please Google them. Uh, is it mgn.com? My bad if I don't have it right here, but um, they are wonderful. Um, Again, I'm listener supported. Um, if if you can donate, that's great. If not, I understand. So it's, it's a wacky time, right? Um, I'd also like to let you know that I actually have a religious good shop, um, which I started with my friend right before COVID hit, and 
it's been a wild ride because then COVID hit and it's all crazy, right? You can't really be out doing shows and stuff and vendor shows and going to parishes, which is what it was originally founded for. Um, But it is called Grazia Plena dot shop. You know, like Ave Maria Grazia Plena. The the Latin for um, Hail Mary Full of Grace. It's G-R-A-T-I-A-P-L-E-N-A at Gmail. Oh, sorry. At dot shop. I'm so sorry. Grazia Plena dot shop. Oh, my goodness. I, you know what? I work with three and four-year-olds all day, so I'm going to blame it on them. Because, you know, it's like I get home and my brain's scrambled. So, you know, I... <laughs> So I'm sorry. <laughs> like I said, this is supposed to be like a conversation. I'm not a professional. I have some notes here. I don't have any script. So we're just, you know, um, having fun and talking. So um, thank you so much for listening. And uh, uh, thank you again for all those who are reading and listening and, and just sending in your letters. Um, it really keeps me going because this can be difficult to talk about, even for me. And uh, it helps me to realize that I, I'm here. We're here um, for for a bigger purpose. It's, it's you know um, for those who who have are hurting and um, need help and healing and need to get their story out there. So thank you so much. I, I can't really express enough how thankful I am. So um, in the meantime, God bless you. I hope you have a great week and I will talk to you next time. God bless. Bye.